Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, all right. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to be talking about sabotage. And are you excited? I'm excited about this, Ready man. to get into it? Yeah. All right. So I was thinking about it and I'm like, how do we, you know, get past the moral dilemma? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't like the idea of like screwing with your neighbors or, you know, just being an ass to be an ass. And, you I know, I was like, I was that, like, but... how do you get around that? You know, how do you talk about sabotage? And not, you know, not upset everybody that, oh, well, now you're part of the problem, you Mm -hmm. know. But the more I thought about it, it's too important of an issue to ignore is what I was thinking. Where imagine you live in a world where you wake up and the UN rolls into town and all of a sudden we have martial law and the U.S. Constitution's out the window and that world's over, and now you have a government that is just all about controlling you. Yeah, we're you about know, we're about one nine eleven away from that. Exactly, happening. and you know we're, you know we're freedom loving Americans. You know, America is about freedom, and you know when a government gets too oppressive, you know it's it's back to the the Declaration of Independence. You know, mm-hmm. the people have a duty to stand up. And when that time comes, I'd like to fill your head with ideas and just more to get the ball rolling where you start thinking, because we're so conditioned to the norm of how things should be that these thoughts don't even enter your mind of like what you could really do to mess with people. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot out there. There's a lot out there. And I think, you know, just... Getting your mind going, you should be able to take whatever's around you 
and be able to come up with a plan or see what's going on, see the infrastructure and just see what's happening. And there's ways to disrupt supply of food, to make the soldiers who are working against you's lives miserable. Um, ways to, you know, basically keep your oppressor unhappy and it's so much easier to defeat an army or defeat a, uh, you know, oppressor when their morale sucks. Right. And you know what? Sabotage is a great way to make their morale suck. Mm -hmm. You disrupt their food coming in, they're rationing food, they're not happy. You disrupt their supplies, their military vehicles, and their creature comforts. Mm -hmm. Living in the house, you know, all the things that are nice. When they become not so nice, then, uh, you know, that's when... Uh, people their morale starts to drop and uh they start to fade away and lose support and that's when uh soldiers slip into the night and maybe uh change sides yeah i know um grill actually comes from uh spanish uh spanish word meaning little war okay it was uh started uh, started to come into use during the uh, peninsular war which is the war between uh when france invaded spain yeah uh under napoleon and uh, they started with that sabotage. What they would do is draw everybody back. Everyone take, took everything, all the food, everything like that. They would fill their wells with stones or they would uh, dump a uh, dead sheep body. in there. All right. And um, so by the time the army got further, you know, as the army got further and further in, they were getting hungrier and thirstier. And, uh, you know, hungry and thirsty people don't fight as well as as well as well-fed nice. people do. So that was the uh, the the Spanish partisans we have to thank for for the uh, the uh, term guerrilla, but it's been around a lot longer than that, right? And that's you know I mean that's it. You just you you can't make life easy for the bad guys. And you know what? If it is easy, they're gonna win. Mm -hmm. And and that's the bottom line. So I mean initially I was thinking of you know just the pranks that you do as a kid. You know different things. Yeah. Um, I know when I was in uh, school in the Navy and I was in the uh, electronic school out in uh, Chicago and they, we were awful to each other, you know, mm -hmm. you do different things. We'd take a, uh, like a big uh, grocery bag, paper bag, fill it up with shaving cream and you'd go over to the dorm door mm -hmm. and you'd set it, you know, just slide the edge underneath. Uh -huh. And we'd drop, we had this like three inch tech manual. It's just real heavy book. And we'd drop it on it and it just <laughs> blow shaving cream everywhere in their uh -huh. room. And, you know, they're either they're in there and it's a win. Right. Or they come home and, and oh. find it. Yeah. And different things like that. I know we, uh, we took a, uh, our, our um, it, it's funny. I actually learned a, uh, a trick from a guy who used to work uh, up at a water treatment plant with you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe he was some kind of hell's angel or something. And uh, anyway, he uh, he was like, oh, well, you know, they always make car bombs. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? And he's like, oh, no, you know, that's how you do it. You take uh, like the wire from the brake light. And you put a hole with a uh, ice pick in the gas tank, and you just run the line mm -hmm. into the gas tank. Yep. And he goes, and they hit the brake a couple times, and just everything blows up. And he goes, it doesn't take any fancy wiring. You don't right. have to bring anything. 
And he goes, and I can do it under somebody's car in about a minute. And I'm like, are you a psycho? You know? Yeah, that's crazy. And But I was thinking about that. And then I went to to off to, you know, Navy school. And we were like, you know, we really need to mess with this teacher because he's an ass and he keeps saying stuff. Right. So you blew his car up? So we were going to blow his car up. And then I was like, wait, <laughs> maybe that's not maybe right. Maybe that's not the best. So idea. instead, <laughs> he took his brake line. And we wired it to his horn. <laughs> and it's funny because they take, you know, a minute or two to figure out what the hell's going on, you know? Because uh-huh. you keep like, oh, I'm driving because, you know, you're usually moving and yeah. Uh-huh. Little things like that, you know, they used to, uh, I know, get wild. Uh, I, I know it seems the more, uh, the more you get around like the special forces guys and just the harder you play or the further out you are, you know, the longer you're out at sea, mm. you know, the rougher the uh, pranks get and the more right. aggressive people seem to get. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have anything? Uh, uh, well, I just, uh, I know I was on a ship that had uh, that had uh, women on it. Yeah. And um, I know that the longer you're out at sea, the better and better those fat girls were looking. But I, I don't know. I don't know. That's about, not quite the same quite thing the as same stepping thing, yeah. up the uh, pranks. Yeah. Right. But I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of those pranks that you do as a kid, as a, you know, um, you know, as a, as a uh, on a joke, as a fr- on a friend or something like that. You know, a lot of those can really be turned around into more aggressive, you know, more well, aggressive. I think that's that's the analogy I was making with. Right. You know, we used to do it to set off people's horns, and it's mm-hmm. funny. And then you know, all of a sudden, it's something a little more aggressive and and messed up. You know, obviously. Right. We don't condone violence and, and anything bad. I'm talking about in a desperate situation right? where people right. don't really have a choice. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that um, uh, filled up a 50-gallon uh, trash can halfway with water and uh, shaving cream and leaned it up against somebody's door right? and knocked on their door. And when they opened the door, it came dumping in. You know, hypothetically, it could be napalm instead of shaving cream in there. Oh, why is it going to be napalm? <laughs> no, just saying, hypothetically. Something you heard on the internet. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So anyway, when we decided to do this episode, I, I started doing some research on the internet and I Google sabotage and mm-hmm. curious, you know, like to see what other people are, you know, looking into and bring you guys new information and, you know, exciting stuff. So one of the first things, and I don't know if it's a trap and now I'm in trouble, but first thing that comes up is the CIA website. And I'm like, oh. Well, that's odd, you know, mm-hmm. and it uh, has the CIA manual for sabotage. It's a trap. And I'm like, well, <laughs> let's look at that. So, all right. And it was on CIA.gov. It wasn't like, oh, I found, you know, some right. old thing, whatever. It was on their web page. And I'm like, that's a little weird. But anyway, so I click it. And of course, this thing's written in like 1947 or something. And you can barely make out, you know, the writing and you got to like bring it up this big. I don't know if, you know, that gave them time to, you know, whatever. To track your IP address. Track, track everything, right you know. It, you know, anything's possible. So luckily I'm over here. So right. that works out. <laughs> so I, I start reading this thing and it's like, well, if you really want to sabotage or mess with somebody, what you want to do is you want to have management and upper level people in businesses start rewarding the employees that do a crappy job mm-hmm. and promoting them and encouraging them. And if you're the employee, 
you just want to walk around with a bad attitude. And and it was funny because my wife and I were discussing how it's so much like her work and you can see how these things cripple. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, there might be CIA operatives working at your yeah, you know, place of business. Yeah, trying to shut your business down. Because all these things are exactly the same stories you were telling me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, oh, just keep complaining about everything. Work at a super slow pace. They said, um, come up with extra maneuvers to get a certain task done. So it takes extra long. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God, that happens all the time. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny. But it was all just stuff like that of just aggravating and making life uncomfortable for people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, kind of what we're, you know, just mentioning a minute ago. And that's really what it comes down to is, is it once you crush morale, you can really, uh, you know, really sway people and make them less vigilant as fighters and warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we've seen in the past is uh, we're always, where I work, we're always in and out of people's houses. And it's just always so striking to me that I could just walk up and shut the gas off to your house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. My one of my neighbors uh was like, oh, yeah, you know, I hate that guy over there and I just want to wait till uh, the winter time and go shut the, you know, when he goes away on vacation or goes to work, shut the gas off for a couple hours Mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, and then turn it back on and I don't know anything, you know? Uh And I'm like, man, that's really fucked up. Wait for all the pipes to freeze and then thaw them out. And maybe like, you know, in a military application, they're going to check things a little more obvious. But I mean, you'd be amazed how many times like if you went and disconnected the cable to somebody's house, you know, right at the box outside, they would call the cable company. 99% right. of the people are not going to go out and figure it out. Right. And the same thing, you shut off the gas, nobody knows to go out and look. You know how many houses I'm in, people don't know where their breaker box is. They don't know how to shut off the water to their house. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything. But even in like a military application where you do have some intelligent people and, you know, mechanical types and somebody on hand to think and mm. do things, you break that valve off. Yeah. And, oh, now nobody has heat. Yeah, they're going to fix it tomorrow. Yeah. But you know what? It's shitty when you have a whole night of... Yeah, yeah um, I break valves off all the time. I don't and, even and mean you're it. you're not even trying. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly that kind of thing. I know one time, now this was an accident, but it comes into play of, you know, a great form of uh, sabotage is I was on the uh, ship and you know how you do uh, general quarters. And uh, so on a ship, when you're worried about it sinking, what you do is you go to all the uh, plumbing and water valves, drains, everything, and you close them off. So that way, if you get hit by a missile, you hit an iceberg, whatever it is, it's not going to flood everything or, you know, leak out stuff that you're trying to, you know, keep going. So we were doing general quarters on and off all day long. Finally, we get everything cleaned up. Everybody goes to bed and whatever you secure from general quarters. So everybody's supposed to go back and everybody's got like a checklist. Oh, you shut this valve, go back and open it. Mm -hmm. So sure enough, what happens is somebody forgets to, well, we assume they forgot. Maybe it was sabotage. I don't know. Somebody forgets to um, open a sewer valve. So what happened is 
instead of the sewer and the showers draining out, every time everybody on the decks up above us would flush their toilets, run water, do anything, it was backing up into, you know, our showers. And I'm not talking about a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're talking about everybody sleeping, the ship took a turn, and the racks are three high, and the guy on the bottom rack, all of a sudden a wave of shit just flies <laughs> all over them, and they wake up screaming, and everybody jumps out of the rack, and you're standing in three feet of shit water. And it's not a fucking good time. And let me tell you, not only does it suck for morale right then, mm-hmm. but let me tell you, all our lockers got oh, full of shit. Your stuff is full. Everything of shit. covered with shit. Then they say, "Oh, it's mandatory that you throw all those out. We can't keep them. We can't deal with sickness, illness, whatever. Mm-hmm. And everything has to be clean with betadine, whatever. But you're throwing out all your uniforms, everything. Well, you're in the middle of a six month deployment." Right. And everybody on the ship can't go to the little ship store and buy, you mm-hmm. know, our ship store is like a six foot by eight foot room. Right. We don't exactly have, you know, new uniforms for everybody and whatever. They might have five pair of pants, but, you know, it's not the world of choices. Right. So needless to say, we spent like three months wearing, you know, two pair of coveralls or whatever, uh-huh. you know, hoping for the whatever best. You can salvage. But... So not only does it make that day shitty, but now morale is fucking way down because mm. everyone's like, fuck. Right. You know, and you're just unhappy. And little things like that, cutting off supply runs mm-hmm. when the coffee doesn't get there. Who's happy when there's no coffee in the morning? Yeah. Nobody's happy. And, you know, little things like that. Obviously, you cut off, you know, ammunition. You cut off, you know, but little things like food and... Now, do you know what do you know about disrupting supply lines? I know I did a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, training ops, uh, running convoys, right? And um, I somehow keep kept getting stuck on the uh, the uh, the bad guy side. Um, A good trick with that is is um, just setting up roadblocks. You know, okay, drop a big tree in in the middle of the road. They're gonna have to clear it if they're running ten, fifteen trucks deep. They're going to be in a, in a traffic jam for a long time. Okay. You know, or as some people might call it, the killing zone. Ah, the kill zone. So I think we mentioned that in another episode. So if you can if you can block a road, you know, obviously you want to do it in, uh, you know, good spots where there aren't any uh, turns, you know, immediately before where you could back up and just kind of turn around or go take a different route. Right. You know, the country roads are the best. Um, you know, don't... And if you're if you're in in this situation, don't try and be a smart guy and get on both sides of them and and do it because you're just gonna end up shooting each other. Pick a side and stick with it. Side of the road and stick with it. Yeah, you don't like the death from the cr- above from yeah, everywhere. No, it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's just a bad move. Uh, it's amazing to me how many times you hear of uh, friendly fire incidents in the military. There's yeah. so many bad stories. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> yeah, no, not bad. And that's. I mean, I don't know, Red Dawn. I mean, that was the right, whole thing. That was their whole, that was that, their whole game Especially plan. the original one. They really yeah, had some great, great plans. Yeah. And yeah. they did a nice job. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. You make life uncomfortable. I know I keep saying it, right. but that's really what sabotage is all about. Mm. At least in this application, you know, that we're talking about. Right. And when you're outnumbered, you know, your, your real uh, advantage is mobility. 
Now, you know, is, is you can't move a huge forest fast, but if it's 10 or 15 people, you can disappear into a forest in about five minutes. Right. You know? I like it. They had uh, one of the books on uh, survival, and you know, I was listening to one of these. Uh, it was a, a novel, and and one of the uh, I think it might have been. I want to give the right guy credit, uh, the prepper recon guy, I think. Okay. And uh, he's got a podcast, and anyway, it's got a novel, and he talks about uh, putting bleach in the gasoline tanks. Oh yeah. And they were actually stopping supply container oh, tankers, uh, gas, trucks. Yeah. gas trucks, putting bleach in there. But either way, even on a small scale, they said no problem. At first, the vehicle doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They drain out the gas and they put in new gas and everything's great in the motor pool. But when they don't know that it's bleach, that corrosion, if you don't flush it and get it really clean, just destroys everything. Mm-hmm. And then they're just fucked and nothing's going to work. And, you know, and then getting into the supply, you know, mm-hmm. if you're bringing in a tanker and they're filling all their vehicles and nobody knows what's going on. Another cool thing would be like, you know, trains are huge for supply. Especially you pull in the United up, States. You know, you, you pull up a piece of track. I know here in the Northeast, they're freaking crashing trains like crazy. Amtrak Mm -hmm. doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. I mean, definitely uh, what you would not want to do is connect a wire from one track across that empty space to the next track because they send electrical pulses through there to make sure the track's in decent shape. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So don't don't do that. (laughs) Good looking out. Um, Yeah. No, I I mean, they've been doing this sort of stuff for, for... you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one I, I read about recently that I thought was pretty interesting is the, uh, the British government, um, was, uh, shipping, uh, coal supplies into Germany. All right. And they were including, um, uh, rats full of dynamite. And so as the guys were shoveling coal, they'd see the, the dead rat and they'd just throw it in the, in the in furnace. The fire. And it would like more or less was was shutting you know was going to shut down, down. The, yeah shut down any coal powered uh, operations. They don't use coal anymore, and I think the Germans found the uh, rats before they actually did any damage. But I mean, a lot of that the right. idea of shutting down production right by destroying the equipment that creates it right another great way to slow down uh, you know supplies and resupplies. No, exactly. What else? Well, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of ideas on on just uh, figuring out how to um, convince the enemy that you're in one place when you're in another. You know, I know uh, during the Normandy invasion, they set up a whole fake plan to invade into a different part of France uh, with like inflatable tanks and, oh, yeah? and cardboard uh, airplanes and things like that. Uh, I think they put Patton in charge of that just to make every, sure everybody thought of you know took it serious because Patton was the big the big dog at the time. Right, right. No, that's I mean that's it. It's all about you know eluding and uh, right setting them up, staying out of sight, making them think you are you're one place when you're another. You know, I think that was actually one of Patton's uh, big ideas was uh, making sure everybody could run a ten minute mile because okay. if you can have your entire force being a, a, a mile away from where the enemy thinks you are. Within ten minutes, then you've got a huge advantage over them. I like it, you know, and that's that's part about you know part about part of uh, you know just staying physically fit and ready for the uh, 
you know, ready for when the time comes. I, I saw ready a... Ready for uh, battle. Yeah, I saw a picture um, someplace on the internet. And it had a picture of a prepper that yeah. was ready with his Uzis. And this so, guy must have been fat 400 and out of pounds. Shapes, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't see. Unless they, you know, unless somebody was coming into his living room and trying to get, <laughs> steal his couch, I don't think he was going to be doing anything. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, we talk so much about prepping and mm-hmm. getting on top of stuff. And so many people don't take care of the basics. Right. You know, really take care of your own body. You know, make mm-hmm. sure you're in shape. Get, you know, the way you should be. Right. That's part of prepping. You know, mm-hmm. can you handle, can you fight off bad people? You know, one of my buddies, one of the guys from the gym, he's like big, huge roid guy. And you look at him all day. You're like, oh, nobody would mess with that guy. And he tells me he got beat up by some like five foot four little scrappy uh, Mexican kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how? There's no way you'd crush him. And he's like, well, the problem is I crushed him for about a minute and a half, two minutes and then he kept going and going and going and it ended up being like a seven, eight minute fight. And he's mm-hmm. like, I was winded and exhausted. Yeah. You know, he's like, I just couldn't go anymore. And that's one of the big things, you know, with boxing, like you see the Rocky movies and they're right. running and all that. And nobody has the stamina right. to really last. I know I was in a, a few boxing matches and, and it shocked me when I first started training for it. It shocked yeah. me that within two minutes... You're so winded. Exhausted. Exhausted. Exactly. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, you just have to be better than the next guy. You right. know, that that's right. the rule, but just the same. You don't you don't have prepping. to outrun Yeah, you don't have to outrun the dog, you just have to outrun the other guy. The other guy. <laughs> but I mean that's part of prepping though. Mm-hmm. Take care of yourself and make sure you're ready that you can handle business. And with that, I wanted to talk about people. You want to use a disguise. People always think, oh, nobody's going to see me. Nobody knows. You need to wear, you know, something that's going to hide who you are and make things not obvious. You don't, you want to be as discreet as possible. You know, you're thinking, oh, it's nighttime. I can just walk by and whatever. But maybe the ghillie suit and the sneaking in and doing it, just being evasive and really you know taking that into play when you think about these things so many people are there and and they'll piece things together and you want to kind of make sure you don't get the you know you always see the movies where you know they find out it's you and then they grab your girlfriend and oh Mm -hmm. you know the nazis and they're torturing her oh look we got your mom here and now you know you need to use your head Plan. What's the benefit of a, of a ghillie suit versus just a camouflage or, or regular clothing? Oh, they really... Well, the thing is it disrupts patterns. Mm-hmm. So the idea... I mean, there's a couple things. One, when they talk about it, and I think we mentioned this in, in a previous episode, but you, know, you want to be the horizon. You, know, you don't want to be the one thing that bumps up when you mm-hmm. know, things are flat. Ghillie suit, usually people are right in there, right in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big thing is that same principle of disrupting patterns. It's not an, you know, you see uneven grass and then you see this suit that's also, you know, uneven texture. You're going to think it's more grass. Right. Easier than you're going to believe, oh, this big smooth lump in that line of rough grass. Right. Your eyes are going to see it as a lot more, 
you know, disrupted pattern, and it's going to seem right. more normal and It'll logical. Break, to break you. up a regular human profile. Right. Mm. And that's all. Um, you know, again, I, I didn't necessarily mean that's what, you know, it had to right. be. Right, I understand what you're I just saying. meant, you know, how many times are these people so stupid and they're like, oh, I didn't know my neighbor had, you know, cameras on their house and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone and, you know, I saw a video on YouTube or something the other day and they, they were talking about the garbage man, you know, the guy comes and shakes out the can into the truck and whatever it was in there was stuck in and wouldn't come out, you know, like he's stuffed in cardboard or whatever. And the garbage man is getting pissed off and he's throwing the can at the truck and finally just throws the whole garbage can in the truck and is like, oh, asshole. <laughs> the garbage man's so freaking angry. Goes over, kicks the guy's mailbox over and throws that in the fucking truck. Then the mail goes over all over the ground. He picks up the mail, throws that in the fucking truck. It just is like, let's go. And, you know, they start driving away. And... You know, oh, there's a camera there. Well, I wouldn't have done that if I'd known you had a camera watching me. Right. I wouldn't have done it if I was going to get caught. You know, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing. You always got to kind of plan and and realize, you know, maybe I should be a little more discreet, a little more careful. Mm. And, you know, you never know when you're walking into a trap. Now, all this that we talked about, I don't know. Did you have anything else? Um. No, uh, all I'd say is um, we're not we're not going to talk about any bomb making or anything like that today. But you can easily find that at your local library. Oh yeah, yeah. that's available to us. Mm-hmm. All right, and that's I mean you know with that you know people are like oh you know bombs that's touchy oh you know that's bad and you know I understand that we're all talking about when you're fighting the evil powers of mm-hmm. you know. When Russia invades, when whatever. That's the point of being a prepper, is taking care of people, taking mm-hmm. care of the ones you care about. Anybody who would just go hurt people at random or do anything right. stupid like that, that is, is ridiculous. That's all of our enemy. You know, that's yeah. the enemy to everyone, and it's insane. And, you know, you need to realize that, obviously... You know, we're not putting new information out there. We're just trying to give you ideas to make you think and not be so passive in life. And when uh, when bad things do happen, don't be the people who watch the trains go by their church while they sing a little bit louder right. and pretend that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want you to be able to think, you know, and people always talk about, uh, you know, the normalcy bias, mm-hmm. you know, where... Well, you just been so conditioned to just go along and and you know get along, and you know there is a point where it's gone too far, and you need to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just make sure that that point is before they load you in the train cars, and that's what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can help your friends and your brothers out there, and keep them from being loaded in train cars, that's why we're talking about these things. We're not talking about, you know, going and disrupting your town hall meeting or whatever. Right. That's you ridiculous. You don't have to uh, punch out black people at, at Donald Trump conventions. Yeah, to, to we all pay. Along. We all pay enough taxes. Don't do damage to public property. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay to fix it. Right. And don't hurt people. That that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We're just talking about in desperate times and desperate situations, and. You know, that's enough of a disclaimer. I just, you know, you just need to use your head a little bit. 
Right. And, you know, nothing we said here you can't find all over the internet. I'm just, you know, mm. putting it out there for you. One more place. Mm. All right. So, with all that said, then I would say, uh, you know, don't forget we set up that Patreon website. Be cool if some of you guys check it out. You know, we, we bring value. And if you're enjoying it, then, you know, throw some value back if that's what you're into. If you want to just keep enjoying it and take it as it is, that's fine with us too. You know, just know we're out there. We're working hard. I know uh, Kevin's dreaming about the day when we can have podcasts where you don't hear furnaces kicking on and off in the background. You don't hear them setting the beers down all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some uh, new mics. Um, you know, maybe we get the sound a little bit better. But, you know, we're having a good time. We like doing it. Um, we do have a sponsor if you want to check it out. There's a website, ouroldways.com, like ouroldways.com. And, uh, you know, maybe support our sponsors. That'll work too. Whatever works for you. But uh, otherwise, we also, uh, yeah. We also still have some uh, some patches left. Yeah, there's a couple left. Yeah, if you want to email us at uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com. All right. Uh, let us know. Uh, let us they know. Send you your mailing address and uh, and it's free. And it's free, and you cover the shipping, everything. We're mm -hmm. all over it. I, I got it. I got all it. All right. I like it. You guys heard Kevin say it, right? All right. So with that, stay safe, stay prepared, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Ooh.